you need to have a strong financial foundation before you jump into this real estate space. Yes, you can make really good money flipping houses, but once you start trying to protect your dollars and grow your dollars for your future and your family's future, it's a different story. If you're not conscious about your investment strategy, you won't end up where you want to be, not financially or as a human. On this show, we interview highly successful investors and share how they overcame limitations to become unstoppable forces of success. If you're ready to learn what it is to be a conscious investor so you can end up where you want, keep listening. Welcome back, Conscious Investor. As always, I am here with a friend and I am so excited to have this conversation with my friend Randy. And guess what? You know that this is not a big world where we are not connected with people. It is so much the opposite. In fact, I became friends with Randy because of another person in our life that's a mutual connection that was like, oh, I should connect the two of you up. And as you are venturing down the path of passive real estate investing, conscious investor, I want to encourage you to just welcome and embrace all of those introductions and those connections. And don't be shy to ask for them. It's okay to say, oh, would you mind introducing me to so-and-so? That is a very beautiful way to shrink your world down in a very fast way, and it will help explode the opportunities for your passive investing. So before I keep going on, Conscious Investor, I have one simple ask before I dive into conversation with my friend, Randy. I want to ask if you haven't already followed the show on whatever platform, including YouTube, or if you haven't left a review Would you just choose one of those today and just go do that? We're nearing. And at this point, when this airs, we might have those 200 five-star reviews over on Apple. I'm not sure, but I know that you make a difference. And when you take that small step, guess what? You are helping other people find the show as well, because you know what? It's all an algorithm. We know how that works. (laughs) So let's see if we can spread the conscious investor out to so many people seeking personal freedom. Randy, I am so excited. We just recorded recently on your podcast, The Gentle Art of Crushing It. And I am so excited to have you here on The Conscious Investor. Awesome, Julie. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. And I love that you talked about that introduction piece earlier and the size of this community because it's really not a big community at all. And you can very, very quickly get connected to kind of a small, intimate group of folks in this space and get access to probably 90% of what you'll ever need to know in this space. So yeah, thank you for highlighting that. I think it's just a great way to kick the show off. Wow. Actually, I want to venture down that rabbit hole further because you and I both are people that are always networking and getting to know people. And when we had the introduction, it was a very quick like, oh, great. We're on the phone chatting up a storm. And it's so fun. I will never forget. Like the first time you and I spoke, I was outside on my deck and it was one of the first sunny, beautiful days in far north Idaho. And I was just walking around my deck, taking care of little things here and there. It was just fun. And the conscious investor hear that conversations that are meaningful don't have to be in a sterile, stagnant environment. You should put yourself in an environment where you feel comfortable because it will translate through in your conversation. I want to ask you this. Somebody mentioned to me recently that they're like, well, it seems like our space is really small. Everybody does seem to know everybody and everyone seems to have their pockets where they fit. And the person actually used, and I had never heard this. And so 
I was surprised and I thought, I'm not going to say what I think about it. I'm putting you in the hot seat. Yeah. I know you can handle it. But they said, actually, we might have clicks within our space. And I'm like, that's interesting. And so when you think about how intertwined the apartment investing and commercial real estate arena really is, what are some of the elements that you notice about it? Yeah. And I think that's a good point. I think it's something you see in any type of environment where you get groups of people that are connecting on a regular basis, right? I was recently at a conference here in Scottsdale and I kind of got that same type of feeling like there's this group of folks that are probably jumping from conference to conference to conference to conference and they know each other just because they spend a ton of time together. They are in the trenches with one another. So there's a tendency for those relationships to get very, very strong very quickly because we're all putting our blood, sweat, and tears into this space and giving it our all. And when you do that with a group of people, you get very close. Now, it's really, really easy as a new person in the space to come into that environment and think this is clicky and I don't fit in. But I think what you'll find in this space is if you get a little uncomfortable, a little vulnerable, and you put your hand out and you start introducing yourself and talking to people, this community is so welcoming and so eager to share. And there's not this, like people aren't taking hostage on best practices. They're really excited to share what's working and what's not working. And I think it just takes that first step to get into it. And before you know it, you're the person that looks like the click in that same group because you've built those relationships as well. So I get it. I understand it. I felt it. But I think more of that is going in the individual's mind than is actually happening in reality. Just my opinion. I agree with you. I definitely agree. Also, there is a natural tendency that we gravitate towards people that have some shared thinkings or philosophies. And so in this beautiful space of commercial real estate investing mm -hmm. and private equity, there are people that we will naturally gravitate towards. That's okay. I told this person, I'm like, it's not a value statement. It's not a good or bad or anything like that. Yeah. But hey, you know what? If you're a golfer, you might find more common ground and it might just be easier to have a relationship. Yep. I guess I need hey, to take up golf. Okay. <laughs> there you go. I think the opposite of that is also true is there are going to be people that you might not get along with. With and might not click with. And that's okay too. It doesn't mean that it's good or bad or anything like that. Some people just blend really well together and others don't. And that's fine, right? It doesn't have to be a negative if that is the situation. I appreciate that. I like the candor. I'm curious about your transition. You're like, well, it's a very welcoming space. And I couldn't agree more. I felt yeah. very welcomed and I felt like it was very easy. I think you and I are also very charismatic where it's like, okay, let me go like, hi, who are you? How are you? Mm -hmm. But walk me through, like, how did you even get into this space? And I want to ask like 20 questions at once, like usual. So I'm going to say, I'm going to stop right there. How yeah. did you even get into commercial real estate investing? Yeah. So I was an active <laughs> investor in the single family space. Let me back up. So I was a W-2 sales guy for 25 years. So I've been, I won't say like social butterfly, but I'm a guy who talks to a lot of people, ultimately. Very comfortable talking to folks and I get into conversations a lot. So that I ended up doing some active investing and then found very quickly that I did not want to be involved in single family rentals any longer and wanted to move into the big boys club. Okay, why not? Why didn't you want to be in this small single living space any longer? I have my own reason uh, why I didn't want to. Yeah. So I live in Phoenix, which was not a market where I felt I could buy single family and cash flow. 
I wasn't comfortable with just strictly an appreciation play just because I've heard the cash flow beating the drum constantly. I believed in finding cash flow at least. So I ended up doing turnkey strategy in Kansas City and then shifted over to Burr strategy in Atlanta, Georgia. And turnkey, I think by definition, is supposed to be a little more passive. It was not for me at all. And Burr strategy, I don't know that Burr strategy is necessarily presented as passive. But what I found through all of the active investing is I wanted to be more passive. And I found out pretty quickly, like I was not an expert at being a contractor or hiring contractors. I'm kind of a control freak. So I like to know what's going on. I like to know the ins and the out. I like deadlines being hit. I'm just weird like that, right? So I was very uncomfortable in that role. And I was used to living In a corporate America world with large organizations, with clearly defined structures, and I just didn't find that in that space. And when I moved into commercial real estate investing passively, I kind of found that because I found some large organizations that were operators that had the structure and the resources behind them that I was comfortable with. And it just fit more to my personality type than single family active roles. I love that you self-identified as a control freak and someone who loves deadlines because I say this on a regular basis. Like I'm a woman, I'm a wife, I'm a mom. I was a public school teacher. I'm like, I like control a lot. (laughs) I am pre-qualified and predispositioned to love having control. And And highly qualified at that as well, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Okay, that's really interesting because oftentimes I notice that is one of the hurdles that passive investors oftentimes need to overcome. That's one of the challenges is, but I want to own this single family or this duplex on my own because it's mine. And they would kind of get a little golem like, like it's my precious. So you've touched on it a bit, getting to know the operators and such, but ultimately what was that part that even tipped you into okay, I need to relinquish this control. Yep. Let's go a little deeper. I had a lot of the challenges that a lot of people do in single family. I had tenant issues. I had issues with the city. I had an air conditioning unit stolen the day before we had a tenant moving in. We had homeless people living in houses we were burying. We had COVID happen. We had a lot of unpredictable things occurring that for me, I realized pretty quickly that I was betting a large portion of my wife and I's capital on. And I figured out pretty quickly that I just simply wasn't qualified to be the one in charge of those. And I wanted to find Mm -hmm. people that had experience, had track record, had the resources and experience to really be good stewards of my money while Mm -hmm. still giving me the ability to really peek behind the curtain and see the ins and outs and understand what's going on with my dollars. And it just felt so much safer to me. And we had a point where we had bought multiple houses. We had multiple houses under renovations and we had started leveraging a HELOC on the house. And it got pretty scary where at one point, like had something gone wrong, like kind of the house of cards could have come tumbling in. And it's just passive investing in commercial real estate to me is just much more predictable I can control my inputs on it much better and just leave the really hard activities to the experts that are just very good at doing that stuff. So I agree, agree, agree. And you said so much here that I have to dive in. I had a conversation with an investor within the last few days and that investor was asking like, 
wow, should I open up a HELOC and use my HELOC to invest? I said, I do have investors that do that. But I said, while we have confidence in our investments and where they're going to go, I personally live with what I call the sleep at night policy. Mm -hmm. And for me, I have a pretty high risk threshold. But when it comes to the roof over my children's heads, that risk threshold just like collapses. And I'm like, you just need to really do some deep soul searching before you go down that path, because you need to understand what your risk tolerance is. Should something go wrong? What does that look like? And so how did you and your wife process through that? Because you were investing with your HELOC Mm -hmm. and... Yeah. So it's interesting. People have very strong opinions about Dave Ramsey, but my wife and I are big Dave Ramsey fans. We used it to really kind of create this financial foundation for our household a number of years ago. And I'm just super, super grateful to the things that I learned there. When he's talking about buying a house, and I think it translates very well to investments as well as like purchasing a house, having an investment should be a huge, amazing thing to really celebrate and be excited about. But when you put yourself in a situation where either you're buying a house you can't afford or you're investing in something that maybe you've got no business investing in with dollars that maybe you shouldn't be using, it can really put a lot of stress on the relationship and on those things that are so important to you and ourself as well, right? So, and granted, I'm 50 years old and I've been doing this for a little bit, but I firmly believe that you need to have a strong financial foundation before you jump into this real estate space. I think, yes, you can make really good money flipping houses and all of the transactional type of stuff that you can do. But once you start like trying to protect your dollars and grow your dollars for your future and your family's future, I think it's a different story entirely. So when we were buying the single families, I have a tendency to get excited and go big. (laughs) We're so similar. (laughs) Yeah, I probably went too big, too fast on that front end and got out a little bit over my skis and thank God everything worked out well, but it very easily could have shifted and gone the other direction. So thank God it didn't. But fortunately, real estate is very forgiving. And if you hold anything long enough, you're probably going to be just fine. But yeah, there were some nervous moments, definitely. And I think COVID really kind of highlighted that the most. So everything changed when COVID hit and the Three-month renovation turned into a 12-month renovation, holding cost went up, all of those things that you never in a million years expect to happen all happened at once. So I don't know if that answers the question or not, but... It does. Questions here on my show are very fluid. They are conversation starters, if you will. Very good. Very good. <laughs> That's yeah. really what they are. They're definitely not dead ends. They're definitely like, oh, let's peel back more on that. That sounds interesting. In fact, you had mentioned that you one of the elements that you really appreciate about passive investments and the operators you have invested with is that you could get that peek behind the curtain. Mm -hmm. And while I believe that I offer that to our investors at Three Mm -hmm. Keys Investments, it's interesting. We can have a perception in our own mind of, yes, we're doing this, but I'd love to hear from you. What does that mean to you? What Mm -hmm. kind of vantage point do you want as a fellow recovering control freak? (laughs) Yeah. So it's a good question. There's been a lot of change and evolution in this as well. So what I know today is that I'm generally betting on operators is what I'm betting on. We've all heard a good operator can make a bad deal good and a bad operator can make a good deal bad, right? So I think the control is really based on fear that I'm afraid of what's going to happen with my dollars or what's going to happen with this Mm. investment. So once 
I throw enough data at that fear to kind of extinguish the fire of the fear, then it's less important at that point. So for myself, I like a lot of information. I like to sort through it. And once I do, then I feel comfortable with it and I'm okay moving forward. So as a founder of my organization, Impact Equity, which as you know, I put deals in front of my investors and I vet the operators. My superpower is finding great deals and good operators. I think it's important for us to be as transparent and as available as possible early on for those folks that have that same need that I did, which is like, just throw so much information at me and let me sort it out. And then once I feel comfortable, the trust has been built and we can move on from there. But it's very different. I came into the space, like I said, to get a peek behind the curtains. And what I found out is I don't want to be an active general partner in a syndication because the people that are really doing this well are not working 40-hour weeks. They're working their butts off. They've got big organizations with staff and payroll and insurance and all that other stuff of corporate America that I didn't like. But those are the people who I trust with my dollars, right? That are investing in the business, that have the structure, the infrastructure to really support the needs of a business. Because it is, at the end of the day, these are businesses that need to be run like businesses. Hey, Conscious Investor. Often the well-intentioned hardwiring of our past prevents us from moving forward at full capacity. We doubt ourselves. We remind ourselves of who we were told we were instead of discovering who we were created to be. We lack courage to move into the life we're meant to lead. And often, instead of stepping into our full potential, many find themselves living a masked life, concerned with other people's expectations and opinions of their lives. Conscious performance coaching clients discover their potential is far more than they anticipated. Through Conscious Performance Coaching, you will connect with your potential, gain lasting momentum, collapse your timelines, and well, hey, every day feels like play. Stop playing small and step into your full potential. Join the ranks of those who have stepped into their dreams, launched successful businesses, and become unstoppable forces of success. Click the link in the show notes and apply for a free coaching session today. Oh my gosh. This one of my pet peeves as a full-time investor now for years. There really is a difference when you are running and operating a business. It's not a hobby. It's not something you're dabbling in. It's not, oh, I got this direct deposit from my W-2 job that's coming in and this is extra icing on the cake or something. It's like, No, this will be run and this will be run so well and so efficiently because it is a business. Yeah, I'm sure we share the same heartbeat on this as well. When you're bringing outside investor capital into anything, your level of responsibility, not only do you have staff that you are employing and there's a responsibility to... Are you keeping the lights on? Are you keeping the staff employed? And what are we doing for our passive investors? Like so much more layers of responsibility, the more you build out an actual firm. Absolutely. Yeah, no, really great point. What's interesting is that you and your wife, it sounds like there are lots of conversations. You are financially in the saddle together of like, okay, we're doing this together. My husband and I have different growing pains. By the way, we are FPU graduates also who then end up Financial Peace University conscious investor and then maybe even dropouts now that we're investing in the way that we invest. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. I don't know that we're getting the gold star anymore. However, having that foundation as a couple is so powerful. And there are so many couples out there where I always encourage them, go to the events together. Even Mm -hmm. if one of you is the primary face and the primary research on this go together. 
So I'd love to, if you don't mind me asking about the financial journey as a couple, what's that been like? How have you guys navigated the roles, the responsibilities? Yeah, good question. And kind of an uncomfortable question, transparently. So we... I fired my husband, if that makes you feel better. (laughs) Got a lot of similarities. Fired him from my company. I'm like, this isn't going to work. I want to be married to you. (laughs) Yeah, how true. So FBU graduates that I will say early on, it really brought us together as a couple that we spent a lot of time talking about Starbucks coffees and dining out and vacations and budget and all of that kind of stuff, which is really uncomfortable. It's a conversation that has to occur. I mentor a bunch of men and we talk about that a lot. Gone are the days where the man handles the money and the wife just takes care of the kids in the home, right? And it's really important to come into alignment as the unity of the household being the most Mm -hmm. important thing, right? So Mm -hmm. Financial Peace University brought us together on that standpoint. We were able to create budgets I had been the primary breadwinner for the majority of our relationship. And when we got into our single families, my wife is more of an operations-driven, detail-oriented individual than I am. So she took the reins on the birth strategy and finding houses and realtors. And then I kind of sat on the backside and observed and interjected control mechanisms to make sure it was running smoothly, which... Big surprise, that did not go very well. And at some point, she ended up stepping away from the real estate investing space, and I kind of took the reins back again. So the fact that you say I wanted to remain married and run my business, I can appreciate that very much. As I said before, I'm a control freak. So it's hard to sit back with these hard-earned dollars that we took years and years and years to accumulate, and then not having the trust and faith that that it's going to be taken care of okay. So I'm not saying that's a good thing, that our path was right, that is our reality. But now, yeah, we kind of stay in our own lanes as well. And I think that's important. And I wish that I had had somebody to kind of crack the whip and keep me in my lane early on, because I think we could have potentially done better if I had not been such a control freak. So. I want to thank you so much for all of this transparency. And one reason that I'm transparent with the conscious investor that I quote, tongue-in-cheek fired Steve from my company is because there can sometimes be this pressure that we feel that there is such synergy within the commercial real estate space, within the private equity space that's investing and bringing passive investors to the table that oftentimes I feel like there can be this pressure for couples, for partners, for husbands and wives to really like being complete that lockstep means that they're both in the trenches together, yeah. both looking at the deals every night with their Ben and Jerry's ice cream. Not if you're with uh, Dave Ramsey, maybe like there's sometimes this romanticized view, I think, of what this looks like. And so I'm always very transparent that there is a CFO of every home, right? We have to have a chief financial officer because mm. running a home is running a business. And so it's really understanding those roles and those responsibilities. And then how do they apply in our investing space as a couple I'm the one that discovered and Steve gave me full freedom to go and discover apartment syndication. 
Yeah. You know, he's like, go find what you want to invest in and then bring it back. Let's talk about it. Mm-hmm. And so giving each other some of that freedom and that space may be easier for both of our spouses since we're both recovering control freaks who sure. <laughs> like to achieve high expectations. So honestly, like with a relapse in there as well from time to time in my control <laughs> freak. So certainly that does pop up every once in a while. Yeah. And not to belabor the point and hopefully conscious investor, I hope you're not offended by this, but I did say tell a friend a couple of days ago, if they gave out chips for recovering control freaks the way AA does for their group. I'm like, I don't think that I would even have like a one-year chip. I don't know that I <laughs> That's funny. maybe three months, maybe before there's a relapse of sorts on the control side. <laughs> right. There's like the sign in the house, like days without an accident. That's constantly zero, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> now somebody should make a shirt or assign a control freak days, days without controlling. I love it. Yeah. I might send that your way. <laughs> Coming to an Amazon store near you soon, right? Yeah. Oh, I love it. I'd love to learn just a little bit about what passive investing has done for your life, how it's empowered your life. And a lot of times people want to know what was that first experience like wiring that money, that big chunk of money to these operators? Like walk us through. Yeah. God, there's so many stories there. So I'm thinking about literally sitting down at my local regional bank, getting ready to wire my first check. And the lady behind the counter is telling me this story about some old lady who wired money to someplace and it was never to be found again. And she was financially devastated forever. And I literally have heard that story from that same lady like a dozen times now because she tells the same story every time you go in there to wire funds, just to add some more heartbeats to that whole process, essentially. So anyways, all that to be said, Wiring money, if you just confirm the numbers, it's not that scary of a thing. It's like writing a check. It's like paying the electric bill, using your credit card online. Just double check the numbers, right? Make sure (laughs) you get the numbers from a couple of different sources. Not that scary at all. So certainly do the due diligence you need to do to make sure that it's right numbers. But at the end of the day, it's just another transaction. So albeit a few more zeros than buying your milk at the grocery store. Anyway, so my first investment I used with an IRA. So I moved some dollars from an old 401k into a self-directed account. I did the stated minimum, which I have since become a big fan of asking to do half of what the minimum is just to spread my dollars across more deals. After I got a couple of distribution checks, I was like, God, this is fun. I want to do it again. So I used some real cash on a deal on a different asset class and a different operator. And I was like, this is so much fun. I want to do it again. And (laughs) just kept going and going and going and going. And fast forward a handful of years, I've had a deal go full cycle, which was super fun to almost double my money in 14 months. Like, holy cow, that was amazing. Certainly past experience doesn't present something you might see in the future, but that was my experience. And then I've created the strategy where I'm taking dollars and I feel like I'm planting buckets of cash out there all over the backyard with different operators and different deals and different asset classes. And come the first of the month, when the distribution checks start coming, it's like literally a cash register every time I see one of those hits. And I just go back and I make sure like, here's the 23 that I'm in. Let's make sure that all 23 deposits occur. And then we celebrate and then we move on to the next thing. So For the family, what it's meant is that it's given us some financial security that I never had before. And probably the easiest way to explain that is 12 years ago, I think, I got laid off from a job after being there for 10 years. I was a high performer. I did very, very well, but got laid off. I had a severance and that 
ticking time bomb of the severance about to wear off was the scariest thing in the world where you start thinking, mm-hmm. oh, my God, are we going to lose the house? Oh, my God, am I going to have to get two jobs? Like all of the fear right. of not having any financial security, right? Yeah. We had done many of the baby steps of Dave Ramsey, but not all of them. So there were some looming bills that were still there. Thank God, got a great job, and it started the next 10-year stint at Corporate America, where I had just amazing success and made all kinds of money. But about halfway through that 10-year stint, I found real estate investing. And we went all in with it, because in the back of my mind, I always knew I'm going to go there someday when. And when we went, we jumped in big, as I mentioned, probably too big. But by the time 10 years had passed, five years after getting into real estate investing, I got laid off again last May. But this time, almost all of our household expenses were covered by passive income. Like literally at the end of the month, I would get deposits into my account. We could pay all of our bills and we're going to be fine. I joke and I say, I could literally get a job at the local gas station and we'd be fine for the rest of our lives, right? Fortunately, I was able to form some partnerships and some business relationships and Impact Equity was born where I get to start sharing this message of financial independence that you can get through commercial real estate investing. And I've been able to help 85 investors place their first passive investment in the syndication model. And my hope is to help a thousand people through this process over the next whatever years and give the same type of financial independence that my wife and I and our family has experienced so they don't have to continue playing the roller coaster of the stock market and ultimately decrease their dependence on their W-2. So sorry, this was not meant to be a sales pitch or a commercial, but I'm really passionate about it because it means so much to our house that I got laid off with 400 other people last May. I talked to somebody this morning that still has not found a job and she thinks she's going to lose her house. Like that is not happening to us because of financial independence in combination with commercial real estate investing. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, like you're living proof of why. So no, it doesn't sound like a commercial. It sounds like this is the way. This is the way. Let's go down this path. And probably a couple of months when this goes live, I released an episode on being laid off. Not me personally, but layoffs are something that are happening right now, real yep. time in a real way. And there are opportunities. And so conscious investor, this might be your moment where, I mean, I know you love your job, conscious investor, and you want to stay within your field and everything. However, having this can really reduce that stress load, having this meaning, having those passive investments coming in, it's going to just release a burden should something unexpected come about. And that doesn't have to be a layoff. I mean, in the corporate space, we have management turnovers. We have a new CEO come in with a new vision. We have a new product line that makes us now obsolete. There's so many different reasons that we can be redistributed within a company and find ourselves not satisfied anymore. And having that passive income coming in can help make those pivot into that new position that you are looking for. Yep. And I think you can pretty quickly get to a point where you're work optional. And I will tell you, Sunday afternoons are much, much less stressful when work optional is reality in your life. And yeah, I think a lot of people say that I love my job. I want to do it. I'd do it if I wasn't making any money doing it. But really ask your question, like, would you really be doing this job if you weren't getting paid for it? Because there's all kinds of opportunities to do it for free once you reach financial independence as well. So I know for myself, 
I loved my job. I was recognized and got a lot of accolades and won awards and all of those types of things, but it was a very stressful job. If I had to have a job, it was a great one to have, but it was nowhere near the freedom that I have today. So there's so much to be said for that. I don't dread Mondays. And I loved being a classroom teacher. doesn't matter what your field is, conscious investor. If you find yourself not liking the idea of a Monday morning or counting down the days in the week, which fortunately I had a really positive attitude towards my profession. And it was a great exit at the point when I needed to exit. It was time to be in full-time real estate investing, but love what you do. Never spend a moment, conscious investor, not doing what you love. So again, having those passive investments and stacking them right now, if you're in a position that you love, just stack those passive investments. Is there maybe kind of that point where you're like, I'm not in love with this anymore. I need to pivot. Yeah, absolutely. Oh my goodness. Randy, I told you this is gonna be a fun conversation. I had no doubt about it. And I'm looking at the clock going, holy cow, we just blew through time. (laughs) Thank you so much for coming on the Conscious Investor podcast. And how can people learn more about what you're doing with Impact Equity and Conscious Investor? I will always say, go check out the podcast. So go check out The Gentle Art of Crushing It. It has multiple hosts to it, but you can look for the episodes if you wanna get to know Randy better and some of the people in his sphere. And there's an episode I'll be on. It will be aired. Just go pop over to The Gentle Art of Crushing It. Check that out. And then Randy, where are we going for Impact Equity? Yeah. So the website is impactequity.net. I do have a free giveaway, which is a sales professional's guide to passive investing that you can download lower left-hand corner. And then the general art of crushing it, of course, I do the Thursday episodes, which are geared 100% towards educating and inspiring the newer passive investor with really the goal just to educate as much as we possibly can. So we're confident that once you make that decision to make your first investment, You'll be so happy that you did and wish you had started much, much earlier, but you'll be on your way to decreasing your dependence on your W-2. And that's how that goes. I don't know anybody that's turned back. I'm sure they're out there, but I don't know anybody personally that's turned the ship around after going into the passive investing space. I know personally, I will always be invested as a passive investor, always. like I love being an active investor because I love serving the conscious investor, Mm -hmm. but I love being a passive investor. And those direct deposits are great. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. They're so fun. Conscious investor, thank you so much for taking time to listen. Listen, we talked on so many important touch points that I know are sensitive to you. I mean, navigating in real estate investing and passively investing as a couple, anytime we're talking about money in our relationship, that's money mindset. There are so many things that can trigger. And so I'm confident that that portion just served you well. And hearing how passive investing can support you, regardless of what is happening, if it's a layoff or a pivot, I know that's going to serve you well. Make sure you go and check out Impact Equity, check out the general art of crushing it. And hey, if you haven't already, I know I said it at the onset, but if you haven't already, leave a rating and review. I love your reviews. Your reviews are so much fun. And on the Monday Mindset episodes, I'll often read one of the latest written reviews because they're just super rad. So thank you so much for leaving those. And until next time, live big, love bigger and do great things. What's the big deal about investing in apartments? Why is it better than investing in a slew of single family homes? I've compiled a lot of information on 
why investing in a multifamily, also known as apartments, will help you reach your investment goals. Head over to threekeysinvestments.com and download the Why Invest in Multifamily Guide today.